Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will finish his message on what it is to have a lost love. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's a few highlights from our study this week. God is the God of Rakaf. God is the God who's concerned and he's hovering over his creation and over man. What he does do is he speaks very powerful commands. That's the meaning, that's the lesson we get in verse 3. Very powerful commands. Let there be light. There was light. He believed Genesis 1-3. He believed our verse. He believed, furthermore, that he was talking to the person who said that in Genesis 1-3. That's what the centurion believed. He said, I'm talking to the person who said, let there be light. And there was light. He believed those two essential things. Now here's Tom Cantor as he continues with our expository lessons from the book of Genesis. He's telling you, that's what he's saying here. But not just Lord as in a vague term, but the Lord who said, let there be light and there was light. Lord, speak the word only. He said this. Now, not only did the centurion call him Lord, as we said, but he spoke these tremendous words. Speak the word only. Yeah, be healed. My servant will be healed. Speak the word only. He was saying he believed that the Lord Jesus Christ was the God of Genesis 1-3. That's it. That's very simple. That's what this, this centurion was saying. He believed he was the God of Genesis 1-3. And he said, let there be like that. Now, with these words, the centurion teaches us two very important lessons that we need to know specifically to be effective in prayer. Two points we need to keep in mind. When we pray, we've got to be like that centurion. We've got to be like that centurion Believe and believe Genesis 1-3. God said, let there light. God commanded the light, and there was light. Number two, when we pray, we must believe that the person we're praying to, specifically the Lord Jesus Christ, is that God from Genesis 1-3. It's him. That's very important. We have to say, we have to say to the centurion when we get to heaven, thank you, Mr. Centurion. We have to do that. Will you remember to do that? You go up to him, you say, thank you, Mr. Centurion. We learned a lot about how to pray from your clear, simple words. And they helped us when we were down on earth. That's what we got to do when we get to heaven. Now, continue with this remarkable scene in your mind. So you go back in, in verse 10 to the point where the centurion has made this incredible proclamation that he believes he is speaking to God, the God of Genesis 1-3. And so at verse 10, the centurion's made his request, and the man of great authority stands at attention and waits patiently. I don't know if you see this here, but the Lord didn't do it right away. He just stands there and he waits patiently before the man who he knows is God. And he's standing there. And then the Lord is stunned by this, what the centurion said. And the Lord says, well, wait a minute. Before I give this man his request and dismiss him, I've got a great teaching opportunity here, and I'm not going to let it go by. And so instead now, he turns to his Jewish followers and he says, man, I've been looking for this kind of faith all over Israel. And it's been a dry gulch. And this man has just quenched my thirst for the faith I was hoping to find. But he didn't say those words, but that's a paraphrase. But anyway, he said, I've been looking for faith, saving faith of who I am 
in Israel, and I have not found it. So the great rabbi Jesus, and I want you to see him in this light, the great rabbi Jesus is using this scene of the centurion to wake up Israel and to provoke them to jealousy as in a very typical rabbinic manner because Rabbi Jesus holds the centurion in place and then he turns and says to his followers, you see what I mean? He believes what you don't. That's what's going on here. He believes Genesis 1-3. He believes I'm the God of Genesis 1-3. This is all, all being said without being said as he turns to them. He believes God can. That's very simple. He believes God can. And that God only has to speak the word only. And then he says, you see what I mean? You see what I mean? He believes I am God. Two points. He believes God can, and he believes I am God. The God of Genesis 1-3. Then Rabbi Jesus turns to his Jewish followers and says, this centurion is part of of a group called the many from the east and the west. And this many, this many, he's talking to them, right? He's just standing, the centurion's just standing there, you know, standing there. This many from the east and the west, you know what's going to happen to them? They're going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're going to sit down in the kingdom of heaven. They're going to be in heaven, is what he's saying. And then Rabbi Jesus says, there's a tragedy here in Israel because he says to his Jewish followers, most, the majority, the majority of the children of the kingdom, by contrast, will be cast out into outer darkness. And there's going to be a place of suffering, he says. It's going to be a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. You gnash your teeth when you're in great anxiety. They sell things for that in CVS pharmacy. So at night, you don't sit there and grind your teeth. Because you're just, this is, it's anxiety, the gnashing of teeth. And Rabbi Jesus leaves then the thought in their mind that the majority of the Jewish, the Jewish children of the kingdom are, are going to miss out. They're going to lose. And he left that thought in their mind so they could see it. And they could, they could see it's because of the many from the east and the west that believe the Lord Jesus Christ is the God of Genesis 1-3 who believes all he has to do is to speak the word, and it'll be so. And he's teaching his followers these things, that unless a person believes, unless a person believes that I am God, I am the God of Genesis 1-3, he cannot get to heaven. He can't get to heaven. It's just that important. When he got to John 8-24, he said, I said therefore unto you, you shall die in your sins. What a proclamation. A person was going to die in their sins. He says, for if you believe not that I am, that I am the I am, that's what he was saying, you shall die in your sins. If you don't believe that, you'll die in your sins. Unless a person believes that he is God and trusts in his death for their sins as the perfect man, the God man, and not in any of their good works to get to heaven, and calls him Lord, as the centurion did, and obeys him as Lord, as the centurion did, they can't get to heaven. It's just that important. They can't get to heaven. They can't get to heaven. So you want to write a little thing? says, how to get to heaven? Point number one, 
you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is God, is the God of Genesis 1-3, the God who said, let there be light. Okay, so he has all this kind of uh, spoken, unspoken going on to his followers here, Rabbi Jesus does, and then he turns to the, the centurion and he says, at ease, centurion, as thou hast believed, be it unto thee. The teaching has finished now. He got his request, but the Lord used it as a great teaching example to show the ones he was sent to, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, what's the issue? What's the problem? A couple of weeks ago, it was a Monday afternoon, and I was in the conference room in the Creation Museum building with a dear friend, a dear, dear friend, a rabbi. We spent six hours that day going through the scriptures. Six hours going through the scriptures. I was trying so hard to show him from the scriptures the issue. The Lord Jesus Christ, I wasn't talking about that he's the Messiah. I was talking about he's God. He's God. If he's God, all the other stuff falls in place. And so what happened was that um, Sherry, who works for us, a very dear Gentile woman, works in our company, she had come into the back of the room to make coffee. She was doing that while we were going through this, this discussion. And Sherry was taking the longest time to make coffee. And I was wondering, what's taking so long? What, she doesn't have to grind the beans or anything. What is going on? It's taking so long for her with the coffee, you know. And I was striving to show from the scriptures to the other, to, 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 to the Lord Jesus Christ was God. And my dear rabbi friend was kind of sort of struggling in a sort of resistance and holding back, you know. And I was saying, you know, I'll believe for you. I'll just wrap my arms around you and we'll take you with me, you know. And, you know, he's kind of like holding back, and I'm kind of like going forward, and I feel a hand in my chest. And, and Sherry's just taking the longest time. And then she comes out forward, and she says, and she, she's leaving. She goes, I'm sorry to take so long, but I just love to hear all this from the Bible. So she said, I just wish I could be a little mouse in the corner of the room and just stay here all the time just to listen to this, is what she said. And I was stunned. I thought, well, I guess it's not me then. Anyway, so I was stunned, and I thought to myself, well, here is a Gentile woman like the Syrophoenician, very much like the Syrophoenician woman, who said, I'm willing to eat the crumbs that fall from the table, she says. And here's this rabbi kind of holding back, troubled, somewhat resistant, he was resistant, to the truth that the Lord Jesus Christ was God. And here's this dear Gentile woman saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. I want to know more, more, more about Jesus. More about Jesus on his throne. More of his kingdom, his glory, so forth. So, you see, you get the picture? It's the same thing here. And it all comes down to this truth. Do you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ was the one of Genesis 1-3? That he was the one who has the powerful commands to say, let there be light, and there's light. Father, thank you so much. Oh, Father, thank you so much for sending your Son, God, very God, to be our Savior, to be our Lamb. Lord, John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God. We call him our Lamb of God. We own him, Lord, this morning as our Savior, as our God. Lord, and we pray, help us to dispel from our hearts any hesitation in seeing you, Lord Jesus, as the God of Genesis 1-3 who spoke, let there be light, and there was light. Thank you for hearing our prayer today. Help us to learn also from the centurion about simple faith 
and trust in you as our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom, this has been an incredible study this week on having a lost love. Can you give us some more scriptures or examples from the Bible on what we covered today? Well, it's interesting because we were speaking about the Roman centurion and, well, the lessons that he brought to us. And then there was, there was another woman, a Gentile woman called the Syrophoenician, the Syrophoenician woman, this woman who appears, really it seems out of nowhere. But it's interesting when you look at the context at which she arrives. The account about her is written in Matthew 15, verses 24 through 28. And what you have as an introduction to her is he makes a statement the Lord Jesus Christ says this. He answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, on the surface, you could look at that statement and you could say, oh, he's prejudiced. He doesn't like the Gentiles. He only likes the Jewish people. I mean, you could say that. But then... What develops afterward shows you quite the opposite. Because what he's really saying here is that God so loved the world, the Gentiles, and he's come because God so loved the world to be the sacrifice. But God has a plan. God has a method in order to reach the world with his good news and save them from their sins. And the plan and the method involved the Jewish people. They should be the ones to carry the light of the good news of the gospel to the ends of the world. It's the Jewish people. They should be the captains, the generals, the, uh, the organizers of the army to go out. And so in, according to this plan and according to this method, God came and, and he said, all right, I'm, uh, I'm looking for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We need to get them saved. We need to get them on the right track so that they can go and reach the world for me. But then he says that, and this woman comes and it says in verse 25, she worships him. She worships him. Imagine. And she says, Lord, help me. That was how she worshiped him. She worshiped him by calling him Lord. She worshiped him by saying, help me. In fact, you might even add the words, and you are the only one who can help me. So this was a worship that had come from a, a Gentile woman, a very, very foreign to Jewish people person. And he answered her and he said, it's not meat, it's not proper, it's not correct, we shouldn't do this. He said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Oh, such harsh words, cast it to dogs. How could he say, cast it to dogs? Is he implying that the woman is a dog? Well, actually, the, the way the Greek is, it's uh, the word like a puppy, little puppy. It's a kind of a tender term. But he see he, he, he but it's a trial for her. It's a test for her. Is she gonna pass the test? Is she gonna say, Ah, he just called me a dog, I'm leaving, I'm gone? No, because he knew 
This woman so much wanted to be helped by the Lord Jesus Christ that this obstacle, this barrier, she's saying, watch me go, watch me climb over it. Watch me get through it. Watch me. It's not going to stop me because this woman has already transformed. She's already gone through the steps of the casual, I'd like God. I want God. And then on to the, yeah, I think I need God. And finally to the, I must have God. And if it means being called a dog or a little puppy, I still am going to press my way through. And that's what she did. Because in verse 27, she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs accepted, Lord. Call me a dog, call me a puppy, accepted. But even the dogs, Lord, they eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Do you know what she's just done, this dear woman? This dear woman, by this statement, has shown, I am ready to do anything to get to God. I must have God. It's that I must have God's spirit in her, which shows that I'll battle through this. If he calls me a dog, I'll take the term God for my, a dog for myself so that I can press through. And she says, and you know what the dogs do, Lord? They eat the crumbs. What falls off from the master's table? Oh, when she said that in verse 28, it was like the Lord overwhelmed. He says, he turned, then Jesus answered and said unto her, woman, great, big, very large is your faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. What can the Jewish people learn from such a woman? What the Jewish people can learn from such a woman is that the Lord Jesus Christ is worth fighting for. It's worth fighting to get to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's worth fighting to overcome whatever obstacles there are. Are there obstacles for a Jewish person to come to the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, are there obstacles? There are obstacles of their own prejudice, which has been built up for years. I can't say the name Jesus. I can't say the term Jesus Christ. I can't say Lord Jesus Christ. It really is a battle that has to be fought. But he said, don't worry. If you go on to this battle, I will help you in this battle. Then what is the other obstacle? The other obstacle is family. Family that says, you turn to Jesus, then uh, you signed out. That's it for this family. You're gone. You're finished. Sayonara. That's an obstacle. That's a very strong, strong obstacle that the person has to face. And yet, what does God say for the person who has to face that? He said, when my mother and my father forsake me, then the Lord will gather me up. And they get to see the reality of that. That's, that's a fight that they fight into. And this woman has said, if I got to call myself a dog... I'll do it to get to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is worth it. And so, and then, and then not only family for the Jewish person, but friends, maybe a job, maybe a spouse, maybe a family. All this cost. But you know what? 
this woman is bringing the message to the Jewish people, the Lord Jesus Christ is worth it. It's worth it for me to give up honor of having a, 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 of a, of a reputation, of a name. It's worth it because to gain him is everything. To gain him is the great pearl of great price that no one else sees the value in, but I do. To gain him is the great treasure. That's the great treasure that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke about. I have to gain him. It's what Paul talked about when he said, that I might gain him. It's what Paul spoke about when he said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You see, it's to realize that. So this woman teaches the Jewish people that he is worth the struggle to gain him. He's worth whatever it costs. He's worth whatever it takes. He is worth it. And so that's what we can learn from the Syrophoenician woman and from the, the, the Roman centurion. It's just wonderful that God puts these examples and these histories within his book for us to learn. Thanks, Tom. Continuing further on the topic of having a lost love, what about the lost Jewish people, especially rabbis, losing their lost love, the Lord Jesus Christ? Is there hope for them to find the Messiah? You know, uh, rabbis are really in a spectrum. You can't say all rabbis are one way or all rabbis are another way. They're really in a spectrum. I have some very, very dear, close friends who are rabbis. They're not believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but I consider them my, my dear friends. And I've gotten to know them. And so what I've found is that there is a, a very small number, but yet a, there is a group of rabbis who really are very, very sincere, and they want to know. They want to know God. And they, they, they sense within themselves a frustration, a frustration over, over trying to earn their way to heaven, over, over trying to keep all the 613-plus laws of the Torah, a frustration with the burden. Many rabbis have spoken to me about the burden that it is to be a rabbi, the burden that it is to to to, to please God by keeping the law. And they really want to know. And, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 you, you really can't talk about all rabbis with one broad brush, but some are are this far away and some are a little farther and 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 some are 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 closer i mean you know it just depends on the person and on the situation but but i can tell you from my own experience there are some rabbis who really want to know and they're keeping themselves an open question who is the lord jesus christ could he be who he claims to be God himself come in the flesh. 
oh, there's all the standard arguments of, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. And, and uh, yeah, we agree that God is not a man who lies, but that doesn't mean that God did not become a man, the Messiah, to die for their sins. But, but nevertheless, they're really struggling through these things. And they're my dear friends. And I love them very much. And I try as much as I can. I joke with them sometimes. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be like chemotherapy. I'm going to take you to the edge of death and then I'll back off. But you know, we joke, we laugh. But, but deep down, I know there's within them a little voice that's crying out, I want to know, I want to know. But I also know how much they have to overcome and obstacles that they have to get through. Thank you for joining us today. Tomorrow, Tom Cantor will begin a new message study from Isaiah 49 that will help us build our friendship with God. Today's message and previous messages are available for free listening and free download at friendshipwithgod.org or israelrestoration.org. There you can learn more about Tom Cantor and study more about the friendship of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can also contact us directly by phone to receive a copy of today's broadcast as well as other resources and materials. Call us at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. And we'd like to hear more about what you like about friendship with God. You can also find Israel Restoration Ministries on Facebook and receive a daily devotional from Tom Cantor. And you can also contact Tom Cantor by sending an email to tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again tomorrow as we study the book of Isaiah.